uh, uh, God calls Cyrus his servant. His servant. And through his servant Cyrus the king, God is going to bring a physical deliverance to Israel. But when you get to chapter 49, the servant changes. The servant changes from Cyrus to Christ. And the deliverance changes from a physical deliverance to a spiritual deliverance, to spiritual salvation. So look look at what he says in Isaiah 52. He says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his from beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty so that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his strength. Like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of his all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before her shears is, 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 is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his his generation who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked, with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Looking back at our text again in Acts chapter 3, where he says, verse 24, from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these things. A suffering Messiah should not be a deal-breaker. It was proclaimed by God through the prophets. 
There wasn't two Messiahs. There's one Messiah. There's one Messiah. And even the Jews recognized and struggled with the fact that, that the Old Testament prophets seemed to speak of two Messiahs. One a, a suffering Messiah and one a reigning Messiah. And, and Peter is letting them know that, that the two are, are the same. That the suffering Messiah is also the reigning Messiah. But, 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 the, but the plan of the kingdom is, is that he's exalted through suffering and, and, and he inaugurates the kingdom with his exaltation. But the kingdom is not going to be culminated until he returns and he comes. You see, the kingdom comes in phases. First, the inauguration, and then the culmination. First, the inauguration, and then the culmination. And this brings us to to the last passage quoted by Peter, and it's from Genesis 22 and verse 18, as he states that Jesus is the promised seed. In these verses... Peter is going to argue that that merely being a physical descendant of Abraham does not grant access to the blessing found in the Abrahamic covenant. And that blessing that comes through the Abrahamic covenant is by means of his seed. And it's it's translated here, offspring, and it's it's singular. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But but when you look at verses 25 and 26, he's letting them know. See, in his his message on the day of Pentecost... Peter lets them know that Jesus is the one who inaugurates the new covenant. That Jesus is the one who fulfilled the Davidic covenant by being seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The Lord said in Psalm 110 verse 1, The Lord said to my Lord, sit in my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. And that the throne of David, and 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 that's equated with the throne of David. The the right hand at the throne of God right now is equated with the throne of David. And, and, And Jesus is reigning from there. He reigns through his church. But he is coming back and he's going to have a physical, literal reign in the city of Jerusalem, seated on a physical, literal throne and rule over the world. And rule over the world. But he also, not only has fulfilled the new covenant, inaugurated the new covenant, fulfilled the Abrahamic, uh, uh, fulfilled the uh, uh, Davidic covenant, but he also has fulfilled the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant. Look at the text. He says, you are the sons of the prophet and of the covenant that God made with your fathers. In other words, you are the physical descendants of Abraham. You are the physical descendants of Abraham. He says, you're the sons of the prophets. You're, the, you're, you're children of the covenant. You're sons of the covenant because you are, you are, you are... He's talking to Jews. You are the physical descendants of Abraham that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring or seed... And it's singular. It comes from the word that we get our word sperm. He says, And in your offspring, and your seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That, that word, their offspring, it can, it can talk about a whole group or it can talk about an individual. And, and, and the thing that makes this passage unique is the fact that, 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 that God is telling Abraham that Abraham, through your seed, through your offspring, all the nations of this earth is, are going to be blessed. And we know that through Jesus Christ, all the nations of this earth are, be, are, are blessed. He says, God having raised up his servant. Now, he's not talking about the resurrection here. He's talking about the fact that God brought his servant into the world, that God raised up his servant and sent him to you first, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, to bless you. 
to bless you. Again, he, he, he's referring back to what he says here, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's a quote from Genesis 22 and 18. That part of the Abrahamic covenant was, was that through Abraham's offspring, through Abraham's seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And then he says, God having raised up his servant, he's talking about this servant that we read about in Isaiah 52 and 53, this, the, again, part of the servant songs, through this servant sent him to you first to bless you. How? By turning every one of you from your wickedness. The blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, where through Abraham all the nations of the world will be blessed, they were physical descendants of Abraham. Peter says, you're not spiritual descendants of Abraham. You're not going to get to experience the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant or part of the blessing of the Abrahamic. One aspect of the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant was that you would get to be blessed. And that blessing comes through that seed. And that seed is Jesus Christ. And the blessing that comes through that seed is your deliverance from deliverance from sin. And so he tells them to turn. To turn by turning every one of you from your wickedness. If you want to be experience the, one of the, the blessing aspect, not the land aspect, but if you want to experience the blessing aspect of the Abraham covenant, that blessing comes through his seed, Jesus Christ, God's servant, your Messiah, the suffering Messiah, the reigning Messiah, and that blessing that he's promised where all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed, that blessing is deliverance from sin and a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Peter makes it clear that a suffering rejected Messiah should not be a deal breaker for them. But rather, it's the intended plan and purpose of God in restoring His rule through humanity upon this earth. When God created Adam and Eve, He created them and together, together, they were to, to, to subdue the earth. Together, they were to subdue the earth. They were to serve as God's um, regents. They were to serve as the servants of God in going out and, and, and taming this wilderness that God had created, this perfect, beautiful wilderness. The, the, the garden, Eden wasn't a wilderness, but beyond that it was. And they were expected to go and to, to, to multiply the teaching train their children and that they would go out and they would they would go out and, and subdue the earth. They would rule over the earth. And that's what God intended for humanity. God intended for humanity to rule over his creation. David says, when I look at the star and the sun and moon, what is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou should visit him? And he talks about the fact that God created us to, to rule over his creation. That's the purpose of human beings. My final destination is not heaven. 
my final destination is on this earth in a glorified body fulfilling what God intended humanity to do to reflect the glory of God to learn I've been reading some things on gosh I've gotten way off the path you know me well enough by now we're if you haven't figured it out we're on a rabbit trail okay I've been reading about the eternal state really just really I'm not going to tell you some of the things I'm thinking. Uh, but, I, that I'm, but, I'm, but, but reading about the eternal state and about the fact of, of how we are, God has created us, and that our glorification, thinking about really, what, what does glorification mean? And, and the fact that when we are glorified, that doesn't mean that we still are not learning. It doesn't mean that we're still not growing. It, it, it doesn't mean that, that we still are, are, are not... Uh, having to be taught how to make our world a better place. And, and, and what does it mean so that we can relate better to one another? We can relate better to God. You know, that, that's not... I, I'm, I relate to God a whole lot differently than I did when I first got saved when I was younger. Now, that doesn't mean that when I related to God when I was younger that it was sinful. No. I just had to grow in it. In the same way with our glorification, our glorification doesn't mean that just all of a sudden now we just got we, we know everything. Well, first of all, we'll never know everything because if we did, we'll be equal with God. But our glorification, we spend all eternity growing and, and learning how to relate to one another better, how to worship God better, how to serve God better, how to execute the, the plans and the gifts that He's given to us as we continue to, to, to grow and expand. And, and man, I get all excited just thinking about that. That, that we get to do that in a physical universe. A physical universe. And that's what God intended for human beings. That we would be able to rule and, and, and steward His creation in a way that glorifies Him. In a way that glorifies Him. And, and Adam blew it. Adam blew it not just for himself. Adam blew it for all of us. For all of us. And yet, when Jesus Christ came, He's the second Adam. And He's the one that's going to rule. But He doesn't just rule as God. He rules as man. A human being will be ruling over God's created order. He's the God-man, but He's still man. He's still a human being. Jesus Christ never loses His humanity. He's always will be a human being as much as He is God. And those who, who walked with Him and, and been faithful with Him will rule and reign with Him and, 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 and throughout eternity. And what, what, uh, again, the, what, what, if there's a clear line of demarcation between the millennial reign and the eternal state. But still, uh, during that time, we grow and we, we learn and, and we, we expand. And that's what God intended. That's what God intended. And it's, it's been given back to us because of a suffering, rejected Messiah. And if we suffer with Him, we also are glorified with Him. Well, back to the notes. Any supposed deal breaker that may exist between us and God demonstrates an erroneous mindset and a prideful heart in thinking that we can set in judgment upon and 
bargain with the sovereign creator and king of the universe. God doesn't deal. God does not deal. He reveals himself. He reveals himself. And then calls us to repentance and faith. God doesn't deal. He doesn't deal. Calls us to repentance and faith. Are there deal breakers in your own mind as it relates to God? You'll never get over them. They're makings, they're sourced in pride, they're sourced in error. And God says, This is who I am. This is who I am. Come to me in repentance and faith. And I'll make you my own. And I'll begin my work of change in your life. And as we walk the Christian life, we continue to do it by repentance and faith. Whereas the old hymn was, trust and obey. Trust and obey. We sin, and I struggled with sin this week. So I can think right now some of the battles and, and, and some of the deceitful ways and the things that popped in my mind to, to justify this or to, to, to make this sound okay. God in His grace and working and thinking through the Scriptures and, 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 and having those things by God's power and grace put down and put aside. In areas where I did sin... So I talked to you about that conversation with Lisa and, and repenting. God, help me. That's wicked. Help me. Help me to change in this area. And trusting God and having faith in God that, that He who began a good work in me, He who began a good work in you, will be faithful to complete it. Be faithful to complete it. trying to make deals with God, quit making deals. It's not going to work. He don't make deals. Quit making deals. We're trying to make deals. And just simply, He can be trusted. He can be trusted. And if you haven't put your trust in Him, pray that you do so today. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its instruction. Thank you for how it reveals our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to listen to the words of your Son. Listen to your words as it has been written down for us in the Scriptures. And Father, we're thankful that you're patient with us and that you are kind and loving toward us. But Lord, help us never, ever, ever, ever to think that somehow you're a pushover. That you um, ignore sin. 
And Lord, that's a, that's a hard balance, in, at least in my mind, to carry at times. So Lord, I pray that you would encourage the hearts of people that are here today. Lord, if there's someone here that does not know Christ, I pray you show them their need. Lord, for those of us who are believers, Father, I pray you'd help us in our walk with you. And Lord, show those areas of our lives where we need to grow and change, areas where we may be unforgiving, areas where we're critical, areas where we are selfish, where we lack compassion, where we um, see people as a bother rather than as an opportunity to show forth your goodness and greatness. And Lord, that's just those things that, those aren't what we consider the biggies. But yet they're just as wicked and just as sinful as we think about the other things, the things that are, can be seen real easy at times. Lord, change our character. Change us from the inside out. Mold us and shape us into the image of your Son. Help us to see the glorious future that awaits those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And opportunities that exist for us as believers, Father, to commit ourselves to you in such a way that when we stand before you, we receive reward, not because of who we are, but because of your work of grace in our lives. And opportunities that, that we have to, to serve you in a greater capacity, to, to know you in, in a greater way, to our glorification, a time of learning and growth and expansion. And Lord, our minds can't even conceive what the eternal state is going to be like. You've, you've told us so very little about it. But yet enough to know that it's beyond anything we could ever dream or imagine. Lord, there's another eternal state for the damned. Another eternal state for those who turn a deaf ear to Jesus Christ. It's one of regret, suffering, and anguish, isolation. last for eternity. A destination that's deserved because a holy God has been offended. And Father, I pray that you would help us to ensure that we walk in the light and that we know you as Savior. We thank you for our time today. Thank you for your goodness to us, for we pray these things in Christ's name through the Spirit. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We don't have an altar call, but we do have an invitation. I'm not sure what your need is today, but the Lord knows your heart. And I pray that you'd be honest with Him and allow Him and ask Him to reveal your heart, reveal your heart to you, to show you those areas in your life. Maybe He wants to encourage you today as you think about His faithfulness and His goodness to you and His work of grace in your life. Maybe it's conviction. Maybe it's comfort. I don't know what the need is. But He does. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, I
encourage you to turn to Him today. Just ask Him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life. Surrender to Him as your God. And He'll change you. And you'll begin a journey that is hard. It's difficult at times. But the joy and the comfort and the pleasure of His presence is beyond anything that can be described. I'm going to go to the Lord in a time of silence. And then after that, we will celebrate the Lord's table. Father, indeed, we are thankful for today. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to respond to you today in a way that pleases you. Thank you for the opportunity provided to us by the Spirit of God. Lord, may we be obedient. May we yield ourselves to you. And may you be pleased by our worship today. Thank you for all that's ours in Christ. We pray these things in Christ's name through the Spirit. Amen.